Welcome back to Africa Science Focus, the weekly science and development show from SciDev.net. I'm Halima Athmani. Several countries in sub-Saharan Africa are currently facing currency depreciation. This is when the currency becomes worth less in relation to the value of other currencies. Unfortunately, as the value of currency falls, the cost of living rises, particularly in countries that are highly import-dependent. Some of the countries, like Ghana and Nigeria, are dealing with hard-hitting double-digit inflation. The price of goods, including food, are up, driving more people into poverty and threatening food security. Our reporter Michael Kaloki has been speaking to Churchill Ogutu, a Kenyan economist who works as an economist at ICE Asset Managers Mauritius. He told us about the impact currency depreciation is having on people and how it has heightened poverty levels in the areas affected. Remember that the monies are being paid uh, doesn't inc- necessarily increase uh, in a high inflationary environment. So probably the salaries that you're getting last year when the inflation wasn't as there as it is, is still the same salary, but the cost um, of products have gone up double, triple in some of the commodities. So it means that there's pressure on from a household level, at least to meet some of the expenditures. And remember, some of these expenditures are uh, priorities, things like food. Uh, If the price of bread goes up, I mean, you don't have a choice. Probably you may not be able to substitute that particular uh, bag of bread that that particular household requires. So if it doubles, you really don't have much choice. So it means that a significant chunk of your household income is going towards priority uh, commodity expenditure items such as food or probably even health care. So that uh, obviously will have some negative impact on how, uh, on poverty levels. Uh, remember, salaries probably may not even increase in tandem with inflation. So you find that there are a high number of countries which are getting into double-digit inflationary uh, environment and it's now uh, leading to some probably some 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 dire consequences to households which probably are not able to to to, to navigate those uh, those with, with uh, those um, negative environment so we are seeing that um, yeah back to the point that uh, poverty levels will be impacted uh, because most of the household income uh, steady stable as it was last year into this year, but now some pressure on the expenditure side. So that will even lead most households far off than they were last year. What about food insecurity? What impact does uh, depreciation of a currency have on food uh, security? It has a negative impact uh, as most of the countries in the continent, they don't have adequate food supplies. So they rely on importation of food and as the currencies become weaker as they were at the beginning of the year, it means that the governments will be under pressure now to even address some of the food food security concerns that we're witnessing play out. What countries are we witnessing this happening in Africa, depreciation? 
Yeah, a number of countries have had their currencies depreciating this uh, in Africa. Uh, top of the list is Ghana. Ghana on a year to date has depreciated by close to 50%. Uh, so that's one. Another country that has been an outline depreciation has been uh, the Egyptian pound. Uh, so that has also in, uh, depreciated something in the order of 30%. But its form of depreciation, unlike the Ghanaian, is more or less uh, the value. Basically, the Egyptian pound is more or less pegged to the dollar where it is. So, in the month of uh, in the in the month of March, there was a depreciation of the currency by around fifteen percent. And also, some time uh, two weeks ago, we saw that uh, the Central Bank of Egypt now coming to devalue the currency another fifteen percent. So, cumulatively, uh, we are looking at thirty percent depreciation on the Egyptian pound. So, those two countries are out are outliers. Kenya's depreciation is around eight percent. Uganda shilling depreciation is around another eight percent so more or less uh, there's been some uh, huge uh, depreciation in the course of this year what leads to currency depreciation the number of issues that leads to currency depreciation uh, for most of the African currencies but I think uh, by and large this year is because of the it's basically uh, a function of the strengthening of the dollar uh, so that has led to uh, currencies of the African continent now weakening uh, massively and also because of uh, some of the factors, basically external factors that transpired in the course of this year, uh, majorly the Russia-Ukraine spurt, uh, the war. So that led to um, um, uh, worsening of some of the trade imbalances that some of the countries had uh, in, in the African continent. And that by itself led to uh, more or less like a balance of payment crisis and that by itself had to lead to some weakening of the currency of some sort so as at least to be able to reduce those balances uh, those imbalances that the countries were facing so by and large i can say that for this year specifically uh, the the the, it's been more of a strengthening of the dollar and that has now led to depreciation of the weakness uh, for the for the better part of this year with the cost of basic necessities starting to soar, it's important to control currency depreciation. Michael spoke to Ndubisi Nuokoma, a professor of financial economics and director of the Center for Economic Policy Analysis and Research of the University of Lagos, Nigeria, who explained how these currencies can be stabilized. And uh, how a country that finds itself in such a, a circumstance can stabilize the situation is, uh, is trying to make sure you address the causative factors. Like has been said before, what affects that are issues about the economic fundamentals. If you're able to address what causes the currency to depreciate, you cannot be able to address the uh, aftermath of uh, its effect. For example, if you're able to put your economy in order, enhance production, make sure you're able to begin to push forward, push up the, the, the goal of uh, exporting. You begin to promote the exports, grant exporters incentives so that they can actually produce what can be given to the, to the, soul, to the outside, to, to the global economy. That, that, that will also enhance your earnings of foreign, foreign exchange. And when that comes in, that be able to make sure that your country does not uh, have a, a recurring 
currency depreciation. Secondly, you take a look at your interest rate structure. Uh, if the interest rate is not a conducive for, to attract foreign investments, then you need to take a look at that so that you will now be able to possibly jack up your monetary policy rate so that you can attract foreign capital. And when foreign capital comes in, that enhances your currency to, to beef up um, uh, its value. And when you do that, you should also make sure you don't jack up your interest rate so far that it discourages local production. Because if you make ca capital very, very expensive, you tighten credit. If you do that, why try to attract foreign exchange? You also need to uh, you know that it will uh, make capital expensive for local production and uh, would not promote economic growth. So you need to find a balance. When you're talking about increasing your interest rates to attract foreign capital, you also know that it has the side effect of uh, stagnating growth. So, so you do a balancing increase or adjustment of your interest rate so that the differential between that between uh, what you have abroad and what you have within the country is not uh, too, uh, 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 too, too large to be able to cause any damage to your economy. Uh, put your politics in order. That's a, another factor that is also causative. Put your politics in order. Address politics, because for, in every politics, there's economics. So if you're able to address your politics in every country, it, you, you are, it's a way of addressing... Uh, your currency depreciation. If the economy is stable, you're able to attract foreign capital. You have your elections, minimal rigging, uh, uh, whoever won is announced as the winner, and then there's stability. And then the country operates as one, it's able to enhance uh, production of goods and services. That also has an effect on uh, making your currency to be stable, and it, it uh, minimizes uh, currency depreciation. Then the risk. What, what are the risk elements? How does your interest rate relate to your inflation rate? Because if the return on capital is negative in the economy, then definitely that won't attract uh, foreign investors or even encourage uh, local investors because... In as much as you want to increase your interest rates, you must also benchmark it against your inflation rate so that you don't have a case where you have inflation at 10% and your interest rate at 7%. So which means if you invest in that economy, you will earn 7% for every or seven for, for, for every 100 units of the currency, but you lose 10%. So actually, you have a negative return of minus three. So you need to benchmark your interest rate with your inflation rate so that uh, the, the return on capital in that particular country will not be negative. In that case, if you're able to make sure as much as possible that the return on capital is higher than the interest rate, the inflation rate, then you're able to attract capital. And when you attract in the foreign capital, it helps to um, minimize the incidence of currency depreciation, and that is how you can actually come out of uh, the quagmire. So, what can be done to prevent future currency depreciation? Back to Chachilo Gutu to discuss solutions to this problem. 
In the context that the factors that were led to depreciation of the currency are external factors, uh, things to do with the U.S. Federal Reserve's increasing their interest rates, uh, the portfolio outflows, these are outside the ambit of uh, the governments to control. So, I mean, there's nothing they can do about it here. But that notwithstanding, you see any response, says, by uh, central banks in the region trying to address any potential spillover. Uh, for instance, a number of the central banks within the continent have started to increase their interest rates in tandem to what uh, the U.S. Uh, Federal Reserve is doing. And by that is a way of even trying to tame uh, inflationary pressures within the economies and also more or less uh, lead to uh, uh, some form of stability uh, in their currencies. So I think that the response uh, right now uh, should come from the monetary policy perspective, whereby the central banks are now trying to address uh, any uh, inflationary concerns, and by that will they will be able to reduce even the demand for the imports and slowly we could see uh, the currencies going back to where they were uh, or some form of stability in the currencies. So that to me, I think, is what will, will play out. Uh, in the long term, I think they need to look at the structural um, reforms in their countries so that to ensure that we don't have this um, uh, on and off kind of uh, cycle whereby there's weakness of the currencies, uh, stability, weakness again. So they need to ensure that there's some structural reforms in the economies. And uh, export uh, competitiveness needs to be boosted uh, one way or another, at least to attract the flows or even just to ensure that the operational environment in the countries are quite conducive to attract not what you call the hot portfolio flows, but at least more... Uh, steady uh, flows by uh, the foreign develop uh, foreign direct investment, which is more stable, unlike now the portfolio flow. So those are some of the things that the countries need to do in the long term, not in the short term. They can't be achieved in the short term, but at least in the long term to ensure that there's some competitive competitiveness in the economies, which will now boost their currencies. That's all from us at Africa Science Focus today. If you want to find out more, head to the SciDevNet website. That's www.scidev.net. Today's show was produced by Alice Hast with editing by Ogechi Ekanyuanu and reporting by Michael Kaloki. I'm Halima Afmani. Until next time, goodbye. Africa Science Focus is produced by SciDev.net and distributed in association with your local radio station. Mm-hmm.